It's Throwback Thursday time, Suns fans, which means it's time for the Sun Report podcast to take you down a trip on memory lane and debate a new topic on this week's edition of My Top 3. I'm John, and I'm joined by a guy who definitely is not a role player. He's a bona fide starter, Matthew. How oh, you doing? How sweet of you. Good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. Good, man. I'm super excited for this podcast. Yeah, you. Yeah, ever since I walked in the door into your little house, I love it. You know, it just, <laughs> I just mean, you just could not wait to get this one started, dude. Oh my, dude, I can't wait. It's to not even. I don't know why I said three. little house. It's like it's a nice size house. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I don't know I'm why. Like, I said... Wow, I'm like it's, <laughs> it's three even... bedroom. Yeah. Like <laughs> I don't know. It just sounds cuter when it's like a little house. Oh, you know, well, you got th- your little thanks for coming over to my cute little house to record the podcast today. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. And Matthew Lissy. And you can follow the podcast at The Suns Report. Don't forget to subscribe to the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network for all the quality Suns content that you love. And one reason I'm super excited for today, because we're talking about a topic provided to us by our number one fan, Nicholas Tan. Oh, the Tan Man. The Tan Man. Today we're going to be talking my top three Phoenix Suns role players, and we'll do it once this beer is popped and this beat is dropped. All right, welcome to the My Top Three Suns Role Players podcast. Uh, shout out to Nicholas Tan. He's a loyal listener of the Suns Report podcast, and he reached out to us with this idea and gave us his list of players, which I'm going to shout out here momentarily mm-hmm. because one of those players is one of my players. Mm-hmm. But before we get into the top three role players in Suns history, we all know what a role player is, right? Yeah. What's your definition of a role player? Mine is just that someone that fills their role and is not an all-star. Is gotcha. that weird? That's what that's why I went off of this. It's just like someone that's not an all-star but fills their role and helps the team win. That's what I now do they have to be a starter? Do they have to come in no, off the bench? Either, either way, or, right? either way, either way for me. Okay, cool. Yeah. I think my only rule for this list was this. They can't be one of the top two scorers for the Suns during their key year of being a role player. Mm-hmm. Sound good? Yeah, that that's good. what a role that's player a is to me. You. Yeah. Okay, so um, it's going to be tough because like you yeah. look at like Devin Booker cause Devin Booker started as like a role player, right? Yeah. It's very hazy that those seasons. So I don't remember. <laughs> I tried not to remember those. Seasons, I tried not to remember those seasons, but Booker I remember did yeah. start off as a, as a, a role player, but grew yeah. into a star. So but these, he's not going to be on the list. That were just always role players. Role, All my thing. Exactly. Always role players. That's what yep. we're shooting for. We're not shooting for a specific season of a role player. We're looking mm-hmm. at an entire career as a son as a role player i guess my last question on this is yours based on statistics or just the role players that you loved well my number one is love okay um the other dudes are just i kind of miss them okay it's weird i don't know it's a weird little uh mixture of, of both uh so it sounds few, like a lot a of weird emotional. attitude towards this it oh. was a hard this was a hard one for me because the reason being is the Nash era, only four to six players played every game. So there was no really any <laughs> role right. players. Everyone's an all-star. So it, it was hard to choose. Lou Amundsen. Yeah, it was hard to choose <laughs> the dudes that would come in and play their role on a consistent level. Okay. So. Yeah, I think for me, it's a little bit of both. You know, yeah. when you look at this list, you're not going to go, okay, yes, those are the top three all-time in Suns history. But one or two of them might be. 
yeah. based on what I'm talking about. I definitely have emotional connections to these players. Again, I'm probably not going to be able to tell you who the best role player was on the 1972 Phoenix Suns team because that's 10 years before I was even put forth onto this planet. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to talk about players that I grew up knowing, loving, and respected as role players for the Phoenix Suns. Sound good? Yeah, that sounds great, man. All right, so I'm going to start off with number three, and this is actually Nicholas Tan, the Tan Man. Mm -hmm. This is one of his players. Uh, his players were Boris Diaw, Raja Bell, and then this guy, who's my number three, which was Leandro Barbosa. So he was drafted by the Spurs in 2003, but came to Phoenix on draft day for a 2005 first-rounder, and we lucked out and we got the Brazilian blur. Yeah. Played nine total seasons with Phoenix, closing out his career with the Suns after he won a ring in uh, Golden State. So happy to see Leandro Barbosa win that ring. Wish yeah. It, wish it would have been with us. Uh, but if you look back at him from a role player standpoint, his key season was the 2006-2007 season. He was the third highest scorer on the team at 18.1 points per game. He only started 18 games. I mean, definition of guy coming off a bench and, and filling it up, Leandro Barbosa. 43% from the three-point line on 5.5 attempts per game. Had four assists per game that season. He was part of the Phoenix Suns team that went 61-21 and 21 and was the number two seed in the West. Scored a career playoff high of 26 against the Lakers in game one of the Western Conference first round. He followed up the next game with another 26 points. And to close out that season, he won an award, which brings me to my next segment, is Key Achievements as a Son. 2007 Sixth Man of the Year, Leandro Barbosa. The ultimate role player right there. He's also ninth in games played for the Phoenix Suns, third in three-point field goals made, fourth in three-point field goals attempted, and sixth overall in three-point field goal percentage. Why is he my number three top role player? Well, first, there's this sound. Meep, meep. That sound always made me laugh, whether you were watching on TV or you were in the arena. Why did it make me laugh? Well, it was comical watching Barbosa play at times. He looked lost a lot of the time. He's like this guy from Brazil who just looked to be confused by the bright lights of the NBA. But then you, get, you put the ball in his hand, and he had that deadly combination of being both fast and quick. And he could blow by anyone at any time, and it was an absolutely amazing finisher at the rim. He wasn't lost anymore when he had that ball in his hands. He became the Brazilian assassin. And he was ahead of his time shooting the three ball. You know, he didn't have the prettiest form, but I just wish that he shot it more. Yeah. But I loved Leandro Barbosa as a part of those Suns teams. It was so much fun to watch. And that's why he's my number three. Yeah, he was definitely a very unsexy player to watch, but put him in a suit, very sexy man. <laughs> um, okay, what's your number three? So number three, uh, this was a guy that actually, I feel like, kept the arrow with Nash going a little bit longer uh, without Stoudemire. It was Grant Hill. That's okay. my number three. Okay. Really good role player just because I feel like his duty was just to make shots. He was really great at shooting twos. Not a good three-point shooter. Yep. But I just, every time we watch, every time I watch the Suns in that time with him being on the team, he was just nonstop just drilling shots. All around the court, mm -hmm. not from three, of course, but from two. <laughs> so it reminded me of a lot, just of like Devin Booker's game now, kind of. But he just kind of kept the Suns era alive longer without Amari Stoudemire. Um, from ages thirty-five to thirty-nine, he was with the Suns. So I was like, damn, he was that old. Yeah, playing with the Suns till thirty-five, 35. to thirty-nine. He shot better than fifty percent from two, and he averaged twelve point one points per game, mm -hmm. which. It's not too much, but I always felt like he was more. I always felt like he helped the team out more than that. He was part of the team that fell to the Lakers in games in six games. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I felt like he helped the team even through those through that playoff run, but also he wasn't really there scoring wise, but just the actual experience providing that role of leadership. Totally. That was a big thing, but just his scoring ability to help Nash take a little bit of pressure off of Nash to where he didn't have to score as much every game. Uh, so that's why he's my number three. He instantly came to mind as soon as I thought about this list. The other two were a little bit more difficult, but this guy, I feel like, came a lot quicker. Okay, okay. So. Well, so the fun thing about this is we have not shared these lists with each other. Yeah, So we have, we have no idea who yeah. my number one is. I have no idea who your number two number yeah. one is. My number two is Grant Hill. No way. Swear to God. Wow, yeah, so, yeah. Grant okay. over the hill, as I used to affectionately no call him. Uh, joined the Suns as a free agent July of 07. Played five seasons with the Suns. I didn't realize he was here for five, five seasons. Well, yeah, so 35 to 39. Yeah, so, but yeah. I, like, again, I, just, I forgot that he was here as long yeah. as that. Uh, he was old, like you said. He was 35 when he signed. When we first signed Grant Hill as a free agent at 35, I thought, what the Sam Hill? No relation to Grant. Yeah. Are the Suns doing? You know, I'm yeah. like, we're, we're bringing in the guy who's got horrible knees, horrible ankles, horrible everything. We're bringing him in here. And then he just blew us away with who he was as yeah. an individual. His key season for me was the 2009-2010 season because before that season, he was up to be a free agent again. And he could have gone to the Knicks or the Celtics. And he chose to stay in Phoenix again. Yeah. And I absolutely love that. Like once he did that, he wasn't a two-year rental. He yeah. became like a Phoenix son to me. Yeah. In that season, he had 11.3 points per game, 5.5 rebounds per game, and 2.4 assists per game. Kind of to your point, never very sexy numbers. Yeah. Nothing that blew you away. But it was his his leadership that was really fantastic about him. He had 81 games played in that season, the 2009-2010 season. Started 81 times. 48% from the field, 44% from downtown, although he didn't shoot it a lot, and 82% from the line. And he was part of a team that went 54-28, and 28, which was good for the number three seed in the West. And he was part of the last Suns team to make a playoff appearance. When the Suns beat the Blazers in the first round of the playoffs that year, Hill became the first player to win his first playoff series in the 15th year of his career. Unbelievable. That is crazy. And he was part of the last great Suns team, which was Nash, Richardson, Hill, Amari, and Shaq. Yeah. His key achievements as a Sun, I have uh, in the 2008 and 2009 season at age 36, he played 82 games for the first time ever in his career. Suns Ring of Honor recipient Alvin Adams allowed Grant Hill to wear his number 33. Charlie Scott... Alvin Adams and Grant Hill are the only three sons to ever wear number 33. So when we do a start, bench, and trade, number 33, that's going to be a fun podcast. Yeah. Why is he my number two role player? He averaged 21.6 points in Detroit in six seasons. He averaged 16.4 in six seasons with Orlando. But his time in the desert, although he averaged 12.1, were the healthiest of his career. Kudos to his fight to continue to play, and kudos to the the Suns training staff. Dude, this is like crazy because we had the same exact points for this guy. Yeah. It's just, those are the things that blew me away were just how many games he was playing and how you thought it wasn't going to be a good signing and just, he played every freaking game almost, dude. Oh, He yeah. was on the he court was, all the time. He was a time. freaking Iron Man with, yeah. the, with the Phoenix Suns. He reminds me, and again, why is he one of my top role players of all time in yeah. Phoenix Suns history? He reminds me of Larry Fitzgerald. He's a class act guy that you're just proud to have as a part of your organization. Not a lot of That's players true. come and go like that. 
His jump shot was more of a jump shit, and he wasn't the quickest guy on the court. And he probably is the reason why Steve Kerr felt comfortable trading away Sean Marion. I'll never forgive you, Kerr. But he was an ideal role player mm-hmm. in his time in Phoenix. He didn't fill up the stat sheet, but you knew when Grant Hill and Steve Nash were on the court that your team had the best brains on the court. Think about that. When's the last time you watched the Phoenix Suns and thought, no matter what, we have the smarter team? Not since Grant Hill and Steve Nash. Mm-hmm. That's why he's my number two. No, it's great. But his pull-up jump shot was very, very gravy, I you, thought. You don't think it was a jump shit? No, I thought it, from the elbow, he was perfect. It just it oh, reminds yeah, he, me so much of Booker elbow shot right he now, always so. could make, huh? It was always, it was an automatic, man. So, um, so that was my number two. What's your number my two? My number two is, um, I feel like we have number, the same number one. Okay, but, um, I, I, I'm really interested to see if we have the same number one. This is Quinton Q. Richardson. Okay, I dig it. This I is weird because it. it's only one season. Yeah. The biggest reason I picked him for number two is just because I miss this guy so much. <laughs> like, I feel like when we had him, I just took it for granted. I'm like, Quinton Richardson's shooting 45% from three, mm-hmm. and he's going to come in and just shoot threes. For some reason... It was like he didn't make enough for me. I don't know what it was. I was just so, I just wanted all the riches and everything with the Suns. And anytime he missed it, I'd get so mad at him. And when he went away to the Knicks, I was like, oh, that's fine. But then now it's like, I wish we had him for like four more years. He made like maybe $2 million more with the Knicks yeah. and some other team he played with after that. So it's like, I wish we would have had him longer. Um, I feel like just shooting 45% from three. Being in that system for four more years, I'm not saying it would give us the championship, but that's the role player you want to come in and shoot those threes. Precisely. And to hit on it again, I just I felt like when I thought about this list, like who do I miss the most and wish I Suns had right now? It would be someone like Quentin Richardson, who would help the Suns make three pointers. That's well, simple. It's to, so to, weird. To your point, though, I mean, in that season, he shot 45 percent from downtown, but he also led the league in threes made and threes taken. Yes. It's not like he was a role player coming in off the bench, he was shooting all the time and he was making it all the time. Yeah. Like what a great role player he was. It would have been interesting to see him in the desert for a few more years. I would have loved it. But where did he fit in on that team? You have Joe Johnson, you had Q and Sean Marion was playing the four and you had Stoudemire playing the five. That's the way the Suns looked at it at the time. So they move Richardson, they bring Marion to the three, they push Amari Stoudemire to the four, and they bring in Kurt Thomas yeah. to play the five. And it's what ruined Ugh. the freaking Suns, dude, is if they just held on to Q and stayed with that small lineup, yes. they would have dominated teams with their shooting. Ugh. I just wish... Uh, these are hard to do sometimes because you just think about... You should be really grateful for what you have and what you're watching, especially if you're a winning team because when it goes away, it sucks Amen a lot. to that. All right, who's your number one? Well, I just did my number two. Do you want to... S- you want to say your number one at uh, at the same, same time? time? Ready? <laughs> one, one, two, two three. AC, AC Green. Green. No, what the hell? I swear to God, dude. dude, that's so yeah, hard. I knew it. <laughs> really? Well, I didn't AC know Green? until we walked in the room. You're like, oh, I got someone on here, and we even said, we're like, well, have we talked about him on the yeah, podcast? It's like we yet? never talk about AC Green. We never had. Oh my and gosh. He's he's. Ladies and gentlemen, great. that was a true organic moment. Yeah. <laughs> Orgas- awesome. Orgasmic. Yeah. All right. Cool. So give me your notes, and then I'll go. I'll go and do my paragraphs on him. The only thing I regret in life is not being able to really watch this guy because I was five or six years old. Yeah. But the reason I like AC Green the most is when I first started watching the Suns, just the hustle, the defense, Mm -hmm. the perfect role player that will get you 14 points a game, play great defense, get the rebounds. But also when I was younger, I went to a wrestling match and he was there ringside. I forget who it was. WCW. It was like him and I forget who it was. I can't even look up the clip. 
But I remember seeing him, and they're like, oh, that's the Suns player. I'm like, oh, really? And I started watching him. I'm like, oh, I'm obsessed with this guy. His look, his mustache, his hair. The high top. Everything about him. Just his, the look on his face is just like he belongs, and he is a great player in my heart. I know he wasn't an all-star, and he, he won all-defensive player of the year once, or he made the first team once. I think he won he won defensive player once. Won three championships. And I'm kind of jealous because I feel like you got to see him more and I wish this is a guy that I could, This is why in NBA 2K, I always wear number 45 for oh, okay. AC Green. I just, really? I, I love the number that. 45, and I loved AC Green. And I just wish I could experience more of it. It's like kind of just like, you know, your dad leaves you. You don't really remember much. But he was a good person, I guess. But <laughs> this is kind of the way that is, I guess. I don't know. But I... That's why I'm glad you have him number one, so I can hear more about him. Because right. okay. I want to hear more about what you got to view when you're a littler. Watching All right, here him we play. go. So AC Green. Okay, so the reason why he's my number one. A real quick bio on AC Green. Uh, from Portland, Oregon, went to Oregon State. Part of the Showtime Lakers won two championships with them during the '80s, and yeah, during the '80s, I think 1990 was the last year that he won one with them. But growing up in LA, and I hated the Lakers. But growing up in LA. I knew who AC Green was. And it's primarily because of my dad. All right, so my dad is a really religious man. And anytime anybody growing up either went to a Catholic school or was a good Catholic or a good Christian, he would tell you. I could tell you every like great Catholic from the 90s. John Stockton, he went to Gonzaga. He's a great Catholic. Yeah. AC Green, he's a celibate man. He's a great Christian. He's a role <laughs> model. You know, and like that's my dad was always feeding me that shit growing up all the time. So we moved from L.A. to Phoenix the same season that A.C. Green made the transition from L.A. to Phoenix. He did it in September 93. I think we moved in 93. I forget when we moved. But I know that when I came over to Phoenix, it was the same time that uh, Michael Jordan had retired. And I was a huge Jordan fan as a kid. So I was like, okay, the Suns are now my team because this is where I grew up. I'm, I was born in Phoenix. I'm moving back to Phoenix. This is my team. And I knew who AC Green was. So he instantly was my guy. Now, in his time, he played three and a half years with the Phoenix Suns. And he primarily kind of came off the bench. He was a starter, too. Yeah, you know, he, he's, half six, his games, it looked like he started. Yeah, I, I did the math yeah. on it. It was actually 60% yeah. and 66% in the uh, playoffs. So he was kind of that ideal role player. When you have a team that's got Charles Barkley, Kevin Johnson, Dan Marley. I mean, he's a perfect kind of compliment to him. His key season was the 93-94 season. And that's where he started 55 out of the 82 games that year. Scored a career-high 14.7 points per game and grabbed 9.2 rebounds per game. And he was on the highest-scoring team in the league that year, and he was the fifth-highest scorer. Ideal role player, right? He was on a team with Charles Barkley and, and Oliver West, and he led the team in total rebounds. That shows you this guy. He's a six foot nine guy who's out rebounding Oliver West and Charles Barkley. He had a career high of thirty five points came uh, that year against Sacramento in ninety in January ninety four. He was part of a team that went fifty six and twenty six, which was good enough for the number three seed in the West that year. And what was interesting about that season is he received three hundred sixty eight thousand six hundred one All Star votes, which was more than fellow son Dan Marley, Jamal Mashburn, Detlef Shrimp, and Carl Malone. Oh, wow. You know, in that season. Yeah. Key achievements as a son, in his time with Phoenix, the Suns played 273 regular season games and 24 playoff games. So a total of 297 games. How many games do you think AC Green played out of that 297? All of them. Every yeah. fucking one of them. Yeah, you know, like in Basketball Friends, it has like the bold 
where they start and they every yes. time every time they start the whole season they like bold at 82 82 82, 82, 82, 82. 82 82 well and that's because he was his nickname was the Iron Man yeah he holds the NBA record for consecutive games played with 1192 in his career so it's like why is he one of my favorite he do he was always there mm-hmm. whenever you turn on the the Suns game AC Green was playing yeah okay he's number 4 in Suns history with a career 117.8 offensive rating uh, and again why is he my top role player I just have emotional connection to him. Moving over here, he was the first son that I I truly love. You know, he's probably not anybody's number one role player, but then, of course, he's on your list. So maybe he is on the role players list of a lot of Phoenix Suns fans out there. But he was just, again, he was the son that I fell in love with when I first came over here. He was just so much fun to watch. Minus the emotional connection, though, he was a key role player, if not the keyest role player in a time of Suns dominance, okay? He was a rock. You could always count on him. If anybody ever got banged up, AC was going to be there. And every team needed a junkyard dog. Charles did the talking on those teams, but AC Green did the walking. It's oh. a reason I love him. He was a good dude, and that's probably my dad talking. Yeah. You know? He was just, he was a good Catholic, man. <laughs> His high top fade was so 90s, I loved it. I think CJ McCollum is the only guy who's got a haircut kind of like AC Green's yeah. kind of was, and that's why I love CJ McCollum. I don't like him as a player, but I love his haircut. But again, the AC green hairdo was just awesome. So it's it's crazy because when I think about first watching the Suns when I was little, I do think about him and just like playing on UPN forty five and just like that theme music, every the oh, yeah. intro. It just reminds me of AC Green, and um, I kind of get jealous because I I know there's always like not always, but people compare like the '90s Suns versus Steve Nash era Suns. Yes. I almost think like I, I'm just jealous that I didn't get to watch that team, those teams as much. Because when you talk about them, it's just well, if your dad hadn't walked out on you, maybe yeah. you would have watched a few games. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, that's it for my top three Suns role players. You know, let us know what you think. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on our Facebook page. Hit us up on uh, the Suns Report at gmail.com. You know, let us know what you're thinking. Don't forget to subscribe to the Bright Side of the Suns Podcast Network. I'm done, man. That was unbelievable that that AC Green was your number one too, man. That's That's actually, that was, yeah, that was not planned. (laughs) Well, take care, Suns fan. This is John Voitas signing out. This is Matthew. Go home and love your family. All right.